0: Hello, and thanks so much for joining us today. My name is Greg Freeman, and I have the privilege of serving as one of the pastors here at New Vision. Today, we're going to be reading Acts chapter 14, and I am reading from the ESV translation, starting in verse 1. Now, at Iconium, they entered together into the Jewish synagogue and spoke in such a way that a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. So they remained for a long time, speaking boldly for the Lord, who bore witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. But the people of the city were divided, some sided with the Jews and some with the apostles. When an attempt was made by both Jews and Gentiles with their rulers to mistreat them and to stone them, they learned of it, and they fled to Lystra and Derbe, cities of Lyconia, and to the surrounding country, and there they continued to preach the gospel. Now at Lystra, there was a man sitting who could not use his feet. He was crippled from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul speaking, and Paul, looking intently at him and seeing that he had faith to be made well, said in a loud voice, Stand upright on your feet. And he sprang up and began walking. Verse 11, And when the crowd saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voices, saying in Lyconian, The gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. Barnabas, they called Zeus and Paul Hermes because he was the chief speaker. And the priest of Zeus, whose temple was at the entrance to the city, brought oxen and garlands to the gates and wanted to offer sacrifice with the crowds. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of it, they tore their garments and rushed out into the crowd, crying out, Men, why are you doing these things? We also are men of like nature with you, and we bring you good news that you should turn from these vain things to a living God who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. In past generations, he allowed all the nations to walk in their own ways. Yet he did not leave himself without witness, for he did good by giving you rains from heaven in fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. Verse 18, Even with these words, they scarcely restrained the people from offering sacrifice to them. Verse nineteen, but Jews came from Antioch and Iconium, and having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. But when the disciples gathered about him, he rose up and entered the city. And on the next day, he went on with Barnabas to Derbe. When they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch, strengthening strengthening the souls of the disciples encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. And when they had appointed elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. Verse 24, Then they passed through Pisidia and came down to Pamphylia. And when they had spoken the word in Perga, they went down to Atalia. And from there they sailed to Antioch where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work that they had fulfilled. And when they arrived and gathered the church together, they declared all that God had done with them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. And they remained no little time with the disciples. Now in chapter 14 of this book of Acts, we get to see the conclusion of Paul's first missionary journey. But even as we read it today, we can see that it wasn't an easy journey. and the podcast before this one, Paul and Barnabas were getting run out of Antioch, and so they were heading to Iconium. And chapter 14 begins by sharing just how receptive both the Jews and the Greeks were to the gospel. Verse 1 states that a great number of both believed. These guys were having kingdom impact. And not surprisingly, they encountered opposition. And they encountered opposition specifically from the unbelieving Jews. But Paul and Barnabas, they didn't bail out. Verse 3 says that they remained for a long time speaking boldly for the Lord, but the efforts of their opponents created division in the city. So it got to the point where they were about to be stoned. They were about to be killed. So they once again left the community just like they did uh, before in chapter 13, at least temporarily. And it kind of reminds you, doesn't it, of Jesus' words in, in Matthew uh, chapter 10, verse 14, where he instructed his disciples to shake the dust off their sandals and leave the town where people wouldn't listen to them. So that's what Paul and Barnabas did. They leave for Lystra, which is about 20 miles south of Iconium. Now things get off to a good start in Lystra. It was a rural community with mostly Gentile pagans. And Paul and Barnabas come across a man who was crippled from birth and had never walked. But the scripture says that Paul saw in the man's eyes that he had the faith to be made well. And so Paul gave the command and the man started walking. Well, the people in the town were amazed, right? As you'd expect, They see this healing miracle. The problem is they interpreted this healing to mean that Paul and Barnabas were gods, same types of gods they were already worshiping. They were going to offer sacrifices to these two missionaries. Now, often when people overvalue us, we can be tempted to to begin to agree with them. So, yeah, maybe you're right. But Paul, he earnestly explains that they are just men, just like people, the people they were serving. In fact, he begins to tell them about the living God. And and these being Gentile pagans, they didn't have the benefit of the Old Testament. They didn't understand uh, the God of Israel. So he's having to explain God uh, and his goodness as a scene in nature. And Paul is just barely able to keep the Lystrans from sacrificing to them even still. But then the music changes again. Now, there were some Jews from Antioch and Iconium who came to, to Lystra. Now, remember, Lystra is about 20 miles from Iconium, and it's about 100 miles from Antioch. So, these angry Jews, they traveled multiple days in order to persecute Paul and Barnabas. Uh, that's vicious. They, they lost days of work. Uh, after they already kicked him out of towns, they came down again, and they stoned Paul. And assuming he's dead, they dragged him out of the city but the believers of the area gathered around him and picked him up. And what does Paul do after being stoned within an inch of his life? Well, he gets a good night's sleep. Maybe not a good night's sleep, he gets a night's sleep. Then he heads out to Derby, which is about another 60 miles away. And guess what? In Derby, the Bible says they made many disciples. And when their time was up in Derby, they reversed their route, going back to Lystra, back to Iconium, back to Antioch, revisiting the places where they had already been persecuted. And they cared for the churches in each of those areas. Now, author Tony Meredith suggests the theme for chapter 14 can be boiled down into the word perseverance. And to be sure, we see Paul and Barnabas continuing on that mission they were called to. They were proclaiming the good news of Jesus, making disciples, establishing churches. They were serving the way they were called to. But it's really kind of more than that, isn't it? Clearly, both Paul and Barnabas were greatly captivated by the gospel. For them, the truth of Jesus Christ, the truth of who he is, the truth of what he did was the most important thing in their lives. They sacrificed their health, they sacrificed their comfort, their preferences to make sure that the people they encountered, the people they were sent to, had a chance to hear the saving message of Jesus. And I think a question we have to ask ourselves today is, are we that focused on the gospel? Now, it's possible that today someone who's listening to this is feeling called to this same type of journey, this same mission that could result in serious physical harm and death, the same willingness to persevere for the sake of the gospel. But it's probably not the most likely. So I think for us, the question we have to ask ourselves is what are we willing to sacrifice for the gospel? Are we willing to sacrifice our time by serving others? Are we willing to sacrifice our comfort by going on a mission trip or by serving the least of these? Are we willing to risk a relationship by clearly sharing the gospel with a friend or a co-worker who is lost? When we think about what we might have to give up, what we might be asked to give up in order to have gospel impact, are we too quick to look for ways out? Do we look for uh, excuses like we're too busy or we'll do it later or I don't have enough equipping to do that? Or do we look at the little bit that we're asked to sacrifice as believers in light of the work that Jesus Christ has already done on the cross for us? Now, each person listening needs to answer that for themselves, but I know that my flesh and my comfort can oftentimes become way too important, and I lose sight of what is the most important thing, and that is Jesus. Mary just says it like this, We must never get over the gospel. We must never let our affections for the Savior cool. So that is the challenge I think before us. I pray that today we would all focus on the power of the gospel so that we may never get over it. When our love and commitment to Jesus is front and center in our lives, then we will be part of true gospel transformation, not just in our lives, but in the lives of others. Thanks for listening, and God bless.